National Signing Day is in the books. And I think the Big 12 is in a better spot than the national media wants you to think. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Some clerical things. I'm leaving ESPN Central Texas to take a job across the country. So I'm back home in my remote studio from Valonia, Arkansas for the holidays. And then very excited to announce a massive career move. But I'm sticking with Locked On Big 12. And this is my first solo show in a little bit. We've had some impeccable guests. We'll have another tomorrow. But I want to break down. I want to do it myself all of the Big 12 teams and how they fared on National Signing Day. My winners, my losers, my initial takeaways, and takeaway number one is welcome in. Four new teams showing up in the 24-7 composite Big 12 rankings is just beautiful. Very happy to have the addition of Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah in these and breaking them down too. And congratulations to Texas Tech. You were the crown jewel. Micah Hudson committing the five-star prospect. One of it's. <laughs> He's not just one of the best players in this conference, one of the best future stars in the Big 12, but all of America choosing Texas Tech over effectively everybody. And that is a massive recruiting win for Joey McGuire, who is somebody that I overvalued this year. They're number one in the Big 12 per 24-7 and also have one of the top classes in the country. I say top. Texas Tech being top 25 is big here because the Big 12 itself doesn't have anybody else inside the top 25. And I don't think that's such a bad thing. Before the national media tells you, oh, the Big 12 can't compete, or the Big 12 is not good enough. My brother in Christ, a lot of these Big 12 teams, all of them actually, have been winning conference championships, competing at the national level. We've seen a Big 12 team like TCU go to the college football playoff and win a game, and none of them are doing it with top 10, top 15 recruiting classes. Those classes are meant for the teams that are winning the national championships, which have not come from the Big 12, and I'm going to pretend I'm not going to pretend that they do, and for the teams that underachieve. The Big 12 is a conference of development, and it might sound like a cheap thing, like, oh, conference of development, but it's true. They take the three stars. They take the occasional four stars and they develop. Speaking of four stars, UCF. What a winner, baby. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like when Florida State, good, yes, but they have no real... Like, their future is unstable. Their stability isn't great when you talk about the ACC and they just got bounced out of the college football playoff despite being 13-0. If I'm a recruit in Florida, do I want to go there? Yeah, it's a great school, but I can't compete for college football playoff when I go 13 and 0, nah. Miami down, Florida way down despite being top 15 I think in recruiting rankings this year. You should still be better than that. UCF eight four-star players. Gus Malzahn who was nails at Auburn finally got a hold of the great recruiting hotbed that is the state of Florida. Massive winner. How about TCU? A team that missed a bowl game this year and they are on in the top two in the Big 12 at number two behind Texas Tech. And honestly, having such a disappointing season turn into 21 commits, a good slew of four stars, a top 35 class in the Big 12, that's going to get you where you need to go and help you compete at the top of this conference. Kansas, with its highest rated recruiting class ever, and they flip 
Graydon Grimes, the son of Jeff Grimes, who is very good at football. And by the way, one of my losers today, the Baylor Bears, because they lost out on Graydon Grimes, who is a massive six foot six, 250 pound force in the middle. It was actually a coaching staff thing. Baylor didn't reach out to him. They fired his dad. And the coaching staff just didn't call him. He didn't know if he had an offer left or, or anything. And, and once again, another blunder from Dave Randa that makes Baylor one of your losers today. A team that, oh, here I go. A team that was already pretty bad this past season of football, missing a bowl game and being blown out down the stretch, finishes 65th in the country in recruiting. And guess what? That's as bad as it was when they were coached by a guy named Guy Morris. Yes, that is pre-Art Bryles era. Baylor, bad Baylor, is back, baby. If you need a uh, a team that's at the bottom of this conference and it's proven that it does not value success, Baylor is where you can go because they just went three and nine, didn't fire the coach, so they have a standard. That standard obviously is you know worse than three and nine because three and nine got to keep the guy. And now their recruiting is bad. They're a loser today. Speaking of losers today, Utah. Now I get it. There are going to be Utah fans in the comments section. Though. We're going to lean on the transfer portal. That's You're going to hear the same thing. You're going to hear the same thing from Kansas State. You're going to hear the same thing from Oklahoma State. Those are teams that are outside of the top 10. Utah, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, outside of the top 10 in recruiting. Oklahoma State didn't land a single four-star player. Now, they don't need them to win. I'll give you that. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the future is bleak for these three teams. I don't believe that's the case because they can. They do have the ability to go recruit the transfer portal well. You've seen Kansas State, albeit with healthier recruiting under Chris Kleiman, not elite recruiting, win. I mean, looking back this year through college football crystal ball, a lot of Kansas State, what they've been able to do, what they've been able to build under Chris Kleiman, that's not with top 25 classes. Most of these conferences are in that, most of these teams in this conference are in that boat. So I'm not upset. Not upset. But also, I can't give you a win. I can't give Utah, Kansas State, Oklahoma State a win for being outside the top 10 in the Big 12. Colorado at 16. That's where I'm like, all right, fine, whatever, I guess. A five-star in there. They only had six commits. Deion Sanders has told us he does not want a high school kid. Instead, this is what the transfer portal does. Instead, Deion Sanders wants to go get that fourth-year kid out of Western Kentucky who has started in 20 games. He wants to go get that fifth-year grad senior from Florida and say, look, buddy, come play offensive line for me. And I don't know how much I can short him for that if he's going to fully commit to it. He went 4-8 and eight last year. Maybe it works moving forward. I can't give Colorado the last year. I mean, you know, I kind of get like, yeah, sure, they lose because they're last in the Big 12, but also they're committed to what they're trying to do. For Houston, they finished 15 in the Big 12. This is terrible. 15 in the Big 12. And overall, 55th in the country. But it's a win. It's such a win. What Willie Fritz took over was a Dana Holgerson recruiting class where Dana had given up. He said, yeah, you know what, guys? Not only am I losing, I'm fine just continuing to lose. He put Willie Fritz in a very tough spot. So far, Fritz, with his assistant coaches that he's brought in, even poaching some from Baylor, has built a class that is top 60 in America per 24-7. They were outside of the top 100, sitting around 105 before he was hired. That is magnificent. A huge win for the second worst team in the Big 12. How about Arizona State? Another winner at five. 19 commits in this class. What Kenny Dillingham is doing. I know they were bad last year. And I don't expect them to be at the top of the conference moving forward. I don't think that Arizona State is going to be a big dog in the Big 12. I don't. But this is dangerous. A top five recruiting class, that's pretty darn good. I can't short them for that. They're better than Arizona, obviously better than the teams they mentioned like Kansas State, Utah, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Colorado, 
Uh-oh. That could be dangerous. I'm keeping my eye. I'm keeping my eye on what Dillingham's doing. West Virginia at six, 22 commits. <clears throat> God bless, man. Neil Brown might just find a way to keep his job. Composite rank of 47th, overall rank of 52, transfer rank of 29. The transfers are coming in to West Virginia. Rick Darius Farmer. Oh, I know. I gun to my head. You, you ask me, will they fire Neil Brown after next season? The answer is yes. I'm gonna have to say yes. I, I they they were good last year, but not great. Will they? Will they continue? Will they sustain that? I don't know. I, I can't say yes to that. But this is a win. So I've told you some of the losers in here. I, Cincinnati at eight is not bad. Being middle of the pack after such a bad season they had, their transfers going out were pretty porous. They have a top 25 transfer class per 24-7. So I'm at least holding out hope for Scott Satterfield after a tough year one. Iowa State, you're right where you want them. They're right there at number nine in the Big 12. Just like, ah, oh, guys, we do this every year. There's 16 teams now. Nine's not bad. It used to be 10, and nine would have been terrible. BYU, okay. 52nd in the transfer portal rankings, 60th in the composite ranking over the 60th overall ranking 24-7. All right. How? Oh, might have to go with the loser moniker for them. It's like, how? You know, again, a lot of these teams have done, like Arizona at seven. What do we do with that? Seventh in the Big 12. What do we, uh, a lot of these teams have done more with less. It's what they do. We can make that excuse. We can say it's a thing. That's how this goes. But it's like, all right. The Big 12 is not getting a lot of attention nationally. Keep doing that. Keep doing more with less. And congratulations, Joey McGuire and Texas Tech on landing one of the top 10 players in America in Micah Hudson, a, a game changer at wide receiver. Coming up, Washington State and Oregon State get a basketball deal with the WCC. Does that do anything for us? This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is where I go for the lowest prices and the best deals on tickets every day. The Game Time app. See, that's the thing. It's so convenient. You just download the app and then, bam, you're right in. You get to view your seat before you buy the tickets, which is so perfect. You get to walk in right before the game for super cheap with Game Time, and you can even get $20 off. That's pretty good when the tickets are like 15 bucks to an MLB game. You just get free tickets with the Game Time app. Go download the Game Time app. Use code Locked On College for $20 off. It's the Game Time app. Download it today. Game Time app, Locked On College, $20 off at Game Time. Washington State and Oregon State are reportedly near a deal with the WCC to play basketball for two seasons. That report from CBS's Matt Norlander after the league already said they're going to the Mountain West Conference with football. So here's what do we make of this? Because, you know, I, I've been screaming for the last couple of months. I know you've listened to it of, oh, I think the Washington State and Oregon State can make it to the Big 12. What they needed to do immediately was stop the bleeding. Like, does this... So there are so many people who are like, oh, well, this disqualifies them from being in a power conference. I, I don't think so. I still don't think so, and I don't think that I'm crazy. I don't think I'm trying to talk myself into something that isn't real. This is actual stuff that I've now studied on for months 
passionately because think about this. You're a Kansas State fan. And tomorrow you find out, oh, wait a second, all your buddies get to go be Power 5 team in the ACC or, or, or the Big Ten of the SEC, and you get left behind, you have nothing, and now you're playing in the AAC, or now you're playing UAB in a conference game. You're not going to be very happy, I feel, for Washington State and Oregon State fans are going through here, and I don't think it's over. And the reason why is this is all temporary. This is, this is all actually very, very temporary. They've decided that they're going to play football in the Mountain West. So they, they purchased, they've effectively purchased games in the Mountain West. Can we please pay you some money to be considered a Mountain West team in schedule only? But instead of saying, hey, let's work out a merger, or we're going to bring everybody together, all be a part of the Mountain West, it's... We're going to keep that football. And in basketball, we're going to go to the West Coast Conference. Now, certainly this could have come from the conference's standpoint. The Mountain West could have said, we don't want you in basketball. But guess what? That's not what happened. Right? The Mountain West couldn't be like, ah, we're going to turn down your money to pay for this little scheduling thing. And instead, Washington State and Oregon State have positioned themselves in what is a temporary move. This is something that, that, that means they're leaving the door open to go forward, to go up. This isn't worth settling. It's what they have to do to be able to play games. And they know they can't come in and pay the Big 12, pay the ACC. The TV deals are too big. The teams are too big. The brands are too big to go play a joint schedule with one of those conferences. That is off the table. What is on the table is one of those leagues, the Big 12 or the ACC, utilizing the money left over by those schools. Because remember, the court ruled last week, you've been following along, a court ruled last week, a Washington State, Oregon State, you take the assets from the Pac-12 and divvy them out as you as you need. And two weeks ago, they withheld a payment that was in good faith, like an in good faith payment from the conference to the teams. They said, look, now that we control this, we're going to keep it. We need that to facilitate scheduling moving forward. So they're being stingy with their money, but it's their money and they need to be stingy with their money to be able to stay alive. That all makes sense. And it also means they have some sort of power by rule, the court, by law, the court has ruled in favor of these two teams. And what they've decided to do is say, you know what? Instead of being rash, and this this is where I'm going. This is what I think is the the, the moneymaker here. It's what you bring to your to your water cooler at work. Instead of being rash and jumping in the Mountain West or trying to salvage the Pac-12, calling George Klyovkov saying you did such a great job, we're going to bring in new teams here. They say, you know what? We'll pay you for some games. We'll pay you for some games. In the next two years, we've got enough money from the Pac-12 to figure out this to figure out how to play games and keep our student athletes on the field. Then after that, we'll go from there. Then after that, we'll vie for a conference invite somewhere else. And what they're waiting on, this is not even just an opinion. It is, it feels like common sense. So maybe it's, it is subjective to an extent, it's an opinion to an extent, but it feels like common sense here. Work with me is they're waiting on the ACC to implode because once the ACC goes downhill, that is a nod for ESPN for Fox. I don't think it'll happen, but for possibly NBC to say, Ooh, we like X product. We like Louisville, Virginia Tech to the Big 12. We like Miami or Clemson to the Big 12. Do I think those two will happen? No. But if they like it, if they do it, it opens the door for a profitable team, a profitable school like Washington State to come to the conference. Am I blowing hot air up your skirt? I don't think so. Am I just saying this because I've been sitting on this same point for the last three months? No. 
Because had they made a stable move, had they made a move for the long term and decided to ink a deal with the West Coast Conference or inked a deal with the Mountain West or somebody with the AAC, that is them entering a grant of rights to long term be a part of a conference or to try to put a conference together. And instead of doing that, these two teams said, we have to play games. We'll pay to play games. As not to lock ourselves down, we'll do it in different conferences, variable by sport. And then we'll figure this thing out when all that Eastwood stuff falls apart. When the TV deals are reworked and we know we have profit and we know we belong in the power five or the power four or the power three, whatever it is, at that point, they flex the idea. They're not a part of a grant of rights and they have, get that word flex, flexibility. That is what this is for me. It is a Band-Aid. It is a temporary fix. It is Washington State. Jake Dickert, a, a program that has only had one football player transfer out. How special is that? How like, As Big 12 people, we get the blue-collar nature of this. How special is it that they are left out of the Power 5, out of the Pac-12? And the culture of that school. Only one kid left. That's awesome. And I hope for the Kansas State fan, the Iowa State fan, the TCU fan, the Baylor fan, some of these schools that thought they were going to get left behind, that you understand the, the position these fans are in. Imagine being a fan of a team that's been Power 5 for so long, and then one day, whoop, not anymore. You don't get to root for a Power 5 team. You're not a fan of a Power 5 team. That would suck. And I hope it's not the case for these two when this two years is up. Coming up, basketball. Is Houston the new king of the Big 12? This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the place to go to make money. Look, I got a dog. I did. I did the thing where I got an Aussie doodle. I got a dog. And it's been, I just got to take care of them. You know, you got to like wash them and feed them and clean them and take them out to pee and all kinds of stuff like that. So when I do it, while I'm, while I'm washing and cleaning and all that, the TV's on, it's on sports. And when it's on sports, it's on, say, the Belmont basketball game, the Long Beach State basketball game, the UCSB, the New Mexico, the Creighton, because I am watching and betting via FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL, so you can do it on Sundays too, or Mondays, or Thursdays. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Basketball in the Big 12 is good. We've established that. Oklahoma, shockingly good now, right? Lost be damned. Houston, shockingly good, right? Best team in the conference. Kansas goes on the road and beats Indiana. BYU comes out of nowhere, sits at 10-1, and one of the best net-rated teams in America. Baylor looked really good and then didn't look so good against Michigan State or Duke. This conference is shaking out with some big surprises like BYU, some things that I expected, like Baylor being at nine and two. I, I thought they might even be at, at eight and three right now. Had them picked fifth in my Big 12 preseason rankings. Texas sitting at eight and two, one of the worst rated teams when it comes to shot quality. The wild thing about this league, the wild thing about this league is that Houston might be the best team. 
And I know you're a Kansas fan and you're freaking out right now because Kansas just won at Indiana. And you know what I have to say to you? Kansas is the best program in the Big 12. Kansas is the best. I tweeted out the other day. Kansas is and will be until someone dethrones them. But let me give you this. Houston has Texas State win, Penn win, West Virginia at home. That's a win. Houston's going to continue this tear. They'll struggle at Iowa State. Then they get TCU and Texas Tech and UCF and BYU. The next ranked team that Houston plays is a road game against BYU on January 23rd. I don't think they'll be unscathed until then. But until February 3rd, when Houston marches into Allen Fieldhouse, I think they have the right to at least say we are up there with Kansas to be the best team. And, and, and somebody out there, a Kansas fan is freaking out. I, I, I value Kansas. They're my big 12 champion right now. They were my big 12 champion preseason. I know Houston struggled with a Texas A&M team and Buzz Williams, who's pretty good. This is a Houston squad that was good last year and the year before that. And went to the final four the year before that. I'm not saying that this one-off Houston, I'm not saying that BYU is as good as Kansas. I'm not saying that BYU can win or will win the big 12. I am saying Houston could, and they may be as good as Kansas. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't take you off that much. It shouldn't shock you that much because, because they've been good. We've done been knowing how, and we talked about in the preseason, how good they were going to be coming in. Oklahoma shockingly good. Gosh, dang it. BYU and Oklahoma making this so much more complicated than it needed to be. Houston tournament lock, Oklahoma tournament lock, BYU Hello, tournament lock. Kansas, which they've got a tough schedule coming. I, I mentioned to you that BYU uh, in the preseason, it's not like they get Cincinnati at home, which is just not easy. And they go to Baylor, road game against UCF, not easy. It's because it's a road game. That Iowa State game, Houston, BYU, that Texas Tech, Houston, Texas, there's a tough stretch, which everybody gets in the Big 12, but you don't get long as BYU until you really have to prove that you're good. I still think they're a tournament team. Can we get nine? Kansas is in. TCU, my gosh. Iowa State, okay. Baylor's a tournament team. Cincinnati's going to be borderline. Texas, borderline. Tech, borderline. I think Kansas State's going to get in. I've got some locks here, though. Houston's in. Oklahoma's in. BYU, lock for the tournament. Yep, I'm going to do it. Kansas, Baylor, Kansas State. Sadly, Texas. I still think they're going to make it in. Iowa State. I've got TCU as well. At least nine teams are getting in. And I like Iowa State because their defense is number one in shot quality, which is what I usually use. Again, just reaffirming this is the best conference in college basketball. Has Houston caught up to Kansas? Nah. No. Ish. We'll see. I'm going to start respecting you, Houston. You're pretty good. Kansas has a much better strength of schedule. Houston's better in net. Net's kind of a silly thing sometimes. They use it. This has been it always will be. Come back. uh, Yeah, tomorrow. Let's talk Texas. Do we hate Texas? Should we hate Texas? Uh, Good to be back with you. This has been it always will be. Thanks for making your first listen every single day. Locked on. Thanks again for making it your first listen every single day. Dose Grande.